We were sitting by the kitchen eating chicken just busy Playing corporate that nobody could win And I was like, yo Mike, why you carry a knife? Cause like the bad guys will stab you if you get in a fight And he was like, yeah right, son I'm keeping it tight Protecting my people from all the evil I could see in the night And we went back and forth And round and round And I kept making my point But he kept knocking them down Don't get me started with your canine disaster. Even Cesar Ballon wanted the morning pill after. You should have named it Casper. Paid me a hundred to kidnap it faster. Done. Problem solved, son. And shipped it to Madagascar. Madagascar. No. I don't agree with that at all. No. I, no. I don't Not even that. a little. I don't think so. Check, check no, one, two. Ooh, what's up with that? What? Oh, what? Suck. We're good. That's, that was amazing. Through my audio device. Sounds good. Holy shit, and it didn't even break. What? How about now? That's you still sound Ooh, extraordinary. Dude, am I, am I am I am uh, I do I sound like in and out? You sound like no, the you're... president, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So I just spent the last uh two hours talking to an old friend of mine. I'm gonna give a big shout out. Mr. Barry, I'm not going to say last name, but I'm going to say his handle, Pixel Flip. Pixel Flip, what's up? What's up, Pixel Flip? Um, you spent two hours chatting with him about options trading. Oh, and I felt like a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> Did, why why are you talking about options endeavor. trading? Like, who, like really? Because that's not really you. It isn't, and that's why I struggled through that two hours. But you know, I, I like learning new things. I need to learn new things when it comes to finances, and you know, maybe this is something you and I have talked about in the past. Like I didn't grow up with that education, so no, I don't know anything, right? And so I'm at this age where, like, I feel like I need to start learning some new shit and figure out some uh, something else to do for some, you know, little side income. I mean, I don't even know what an option is. Can you? Could you explain what an option is? I can't, you, and I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it now because. Come on, man! Uh, it's give just it gonna try. come off like I, I spent two hours doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. Give it a try. Nope, not gonna happen. Not even gonna try. <laughs> I, I need. I need an, uh, another four hours to really comprehend it. Watch a few more videos, um, and then, and then maybe we can do this. Well, so wait a minute. So you just spent two hours talking with your friend about options trading, but you don't even know what the fucking option is. So how can you talk about trading the thing? I can give you my best interpretation of what I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Which is an option to buy a contract or a share of a company, but not the actual share of the company itself. It's just the contract to buy. Uh, and you can state the length of this contract, how much you're willing to pay for it. I'm going to leave it at that because if I go any further, I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think that was pretty good. So, for example, I, I was literally when, just translating it in my head, trying to understand if that made sense. But like, for, for example, when you first signed up at your job, they give you some options to buy the stock uh, that will vest in six months, at which point you can decide to buy them. It's very or is that similar. something else? It's well, not exactly, because what they offer you when you join your corporate establishment um, is essentially like unvested shares of the company that you work for, because the company isn't public. 
right? So it's this perceived value of the company that is not that is a private company. They give you these credits that aren't really even real credits, but they're worth uh, this amount of money at this point in time. And as the value grows, the credits for it grow. And at some point, they actually vest over time and turn into even more unreal credits that you could actually then cash out unless the company goes public and then it turns into real stuff. Options trading is, is uh, it's, it's similar in a sense that it's a, it's a contract to, to, to buy the shares. Yeah. I don't know. What he's, we should get that dude on the, on the podcast and have him tell us, and then we'll just fuck with him the whole time. It'll be I, awesome. think we, I think we should. And, and, and Barry is a, is a dear old friend who uh, I think um, his sense of humor crosses over ours. And I think it'd be nice. awesome. I love it. All right, look, this would be, are we, is this episode one, season two, or is this episode 12, 12 or 11? No, I think one. I think this is season two. I, yes. I the last time you and I talked, we have decided to, to uh, turn the page. Um, it's been, a, it's been a while. We sort of took a little break, um, last year, uh, with the hopes of continuing it as, as, as a one sort of continuous, uh, podcast show, whatever, whatever this has turned into. Um, but I think since then we've decided like, let's, uh, let's make it fresh. Let's make it new. We're going to, we're going to call this, um, episode one of the second season of, uh, I don't agree with that with, uh, with Josh and Mike. I love this. Okay. So look. There's a couple things we have to talk about today. I think we should start off with the thing that you said to me. And we'll get in. Uh, well, you and I went to shoot guns, which which is awesome. But what you were saying to me when we were there, actually, no, when we were leaving, you said you saved an elderly neighbor who had been on the floor in your apartment building for like three yes. days. What the yeah. fuck? Well, so a lot has happened. Since uh, the last time you and I chatted uh, oh, on the show, right? Uh, one of those things was this. Uh, we shot some guns, as, as Josh just mentioned. Um, Josh had COVID. Uh, so a lot a lot have changed. And, and also, yeah, right. we, we have a new intro uh, to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's dumb and rad and fun and playful, uh, all wrapped into one. And I think, um, I think we're going to use it. Yeah, yeah we're going to use it right after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it in right now. Okay, well let's 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 get right into it then. So the thing that happened, uh, there's there's been some drama happening at the building that we live at. There's a uh, uh, kind of an, an elderly contingency here at, at the building. It's a mix of like younger folks, really young folks, millennials, and then some older folks who, who you know have purchased in the '90s and uh, right when this building was built um, and have been here for quite quite some time. Uh, some of them rent them out. Uh, some of them still actually live here. So we tend to like uh, my wife and I tend to Tracy like to kind of keep an eye on the neighbors on our floor, at least the people that we've become friends with people we run into in the hall. Most of them are really sweet. You know, they never complain about noise or loud children or, or dogs running around. Is it mostly so, older people that live on your floor? Um, I would say it's about 50, 50. Uh, there's some gamers that live across from us that we get to um, play games with them inadvertently when they're, when they're yelling at the screen. So yeah, it's like it's like half and half. So we just try to keep an eye out. You know, it's always good to know your neighbors, obviously, even when you um, live in a suburban neighborhood, because you just you just never know. And this is one of those like situations where it's a good thing that like we we were all so tight on this floor and in in the building in general because 
there's a woman that lives um, three doors down that uh, had a stroke at the age of 33. Whoa. And she, she wrote a book about this after her stroke. Um, from what I understand, you know, she was a fairly successful writer. And she even worked for Shy Day in LA for several years as a copywriter. Uh-huh. She wrote this okay. book after she had the stroke. <clears throat> I haven't read it yet. I just got a copy of it from another neighbor. I haven't read it, but it's basically her experience in, in, in the life after, right? Um, I don't know the details of like... Um, Exactly. Wait a minute, the life yeah. after? What do you mean? Like she died and came back and wrote about coming back? I know living living with as, as a as a stroke victim. Oh, uh, <laughs> at, the, at the age of thirty three. <laughs> not not the life after she died. The life after no, the stroke. life after Got having it. a stroke. Got yeah. it. Yeah, Got that it. would be like wow. We're gonna have near death experience talk. That amazing. <laughs> okay. So. Um, so she lives a few doors down, and you know we help her out from time to time with random things. She she. Her whole right side of the body uh, doesn't operate so well, so she often uh, knocks on our door, the neighbor's doors, to ask for help for you know opening things or changing batteries out on her remote control or helping out with groceries and stuff. And she gets a grocery uh, service delivery to her front door of her apartment. And um, last week, my wife noticed that there was a set of groceries in front of her door that she hadn't picked up yet. Now, we just found out yesterday that she saw this on Thursday. Uh, No, I'm sorry. She saw this on on a Saturday. The groceries were delivered on Thursday, though, because there was a voice message on our answering machine from Safeway Deliveries uh, talking about how we delivered your groceries, blah, blah, blah. So after noticing this for several days, both of us got a little concerned and and, uh, contacted another neighbor who has the key to her apartment. We're like, hey, uh, we noticed that there's a set of groceries that like she hasn't picked up and we think like something is, is not right. Um, you didn't knock on our door. You know, nobody went and knocked. Every, on our door. No, no, we knocked, we knocked on our door. My wife knocked on her door next her neighbor, knocked on the door, nothing. There's no answer. Right. So at this one, we're like, either she went out of town, she's visiting a family member and she completely forgot to cancel her groceries or something is wrong. Um, luckily this neighbor downstairs um, has a key to her apartment. And, um, I happened to, like, I needed to take the dog out. So I went out on the walk and Tracy and this neighbor uh, got into her apartment. Um, So I didn't see this in person and I didn't experience this, but this is my wife telling me about this. Um, They enter the apartment after knocking several times with the key and this neighbor goes in first. Um, He's about, he's an elderly gentleman as well, but he's about uh, his late seventies, I think. He enters the door first and he's shouting her name and there's no answer. So he goes directly to the bedroom and walks into the bedroom and immediately turns to Tracy and says, I think we have a problem. Shit. Uh, so turns out she was uh, on the floor of her apartment. Was she conscious? So she, was, she was conscious uh, upon further examination because with the neighbor... He was just uh, take off his sunglass, uh, his his reading glasses, and, and put it in front of her nose to see if she was breathing or not. That's when you realize that her eyes were actually open, but she wasn't all there. Um, and turns out she didn't look all that well. Uh, they decided to call the ambulance, obviously, um, <laughs> and uh, take her to, to take her to the hospital. Now this is on Monday afternoon already. So she was on the floor probably sometime between Thursday and Monday uh, wow. without, without any any sort of help or contact with anybody. Did she have another stroke? 
Um, they don't know yet. They're doing a series of tests on her. She's at the, still at the hospital right now. They have no idea what happened um, because in, in the, the 20 years that she, since she's had the stroke, so uh, nothing like this has ever happened. So she's been fairly independent, you know, after uh, that initial stroke incident and nothing like this has ever happened oh. before. Wait, and she's, she's in her fifties in her sixties. Yeah. Early fifties. Early fifties. Yeah. If I do my math correctly, early fifties, because no, that would be sixties uh, if she had a stroke when she was 30. Well, hold on. Uh, she had a stroke at 33. You don't know math, yeah. man. You're a creep. You don't know math. <laughs> I was doing Come the math on. in my head. Yeah. So I guess we, I mean, if the grocery delivery was not made, there's a really good chance that we, nobody would have known. Um, because I don't know how often she, you know, comes and goes. I rarely see her in the hallways. Um, you know, I know she takes like an Uber. She's got like a preferred Uber app uh, setup going on. Uh, but I, I, I rarely see her like walking about or outside. So it's usually when she needs something, she comes out of the apartment or we, you know, we kind of see her in front of her door. So honestly, I have no idea how long it would have been before somebody had found her. You know, somebody would have found her eventually. Yeah, uh, but, but she would have been dead probably. There's a really good chance. Yeah. So I guess you can say uh, we, we saved her life. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And so nobody, she's not back and nobody knows what happened. This is a weird question. Was there like, like she'd been on the floor for like three days, right? Yeah. Was there, was there poo and pee everywhere? Like, is that uh, a mean, terrible question? No, it's a, it's a fairly logical I'm like, I'm question. trying to see the environment, right? Like you walk in, probably stinks a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, well, Yeah. Get, paint the picture. You weren't there, so you can't paint. The I, I wasn't there. I mean, uh, I could I could talk to Tracy and the neighbor and see what it was like, but I would imagine, yeah, there's probably some some sort of sense happening. Um, <laughs> again, like I don't want to dig in too deep. I mean, this is you know I don't want to make make light of the situation. Like it's nah, it's, nah. it's it's pretty it's pretty scary, and if, you know for her and the family because she lives alone, and I think the closest relative is. Somewhere in the city, and then there's some other family members, like in Colorado or something. Yeah. Again, again, it's uh, it's just scary because there's a really good chance she probably wouldn't have survived. Well, so this is my cool. Yeah, I mean, I think about that a lot because you know my mom just bought a place. She lives by herself. She's 77. She's healthy, but she's got yeah, stairs. I, I was thinking she's about got that, bad actually. knees. Yeah. Like if she falls and doesn't have her phone with her. She might shout for a little bit, but it's like a two-bedroom, two-bathroom. She needs one of those buttons. That's what we're recommending to this neighbor. She needs. She, she needs, needs the life alert buttons. Life alert buttons. Yeah. What do you? But you? Do you wear that on your person? Ever like twenty-four-seven? Twenty-four-seven. Like yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. God, that's kind of like you know how, you know how you want to take away your parents' keys when they're too old to drive, and they're like, "Fuck you! I can drive because I can drive. I've been driving for longer than you." Yeah. It's a little bit like that, right? Like, at what point does your, in your aging process, do you decide, oh, yeah, I'm so old and, un, and feeling less capable? Like, that seemed like such a big ego shift to, to, like, see yourself well enough to go, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't be driving. Or, you know what? I need this thing because I'm probably going to fall down. Like, I think you have to have accidents before and have the luck to come out of them before you will be, you will agree to like doing that. Cause that feels like maybe, or you never agree to it because, or you, you never agree. You just feel that independent. 
or or you feel like you'd like i don't want to i mean i don't want to you just had a birthday right like you're gonna be you're getting old i don't yeah, want to totally you don't want to give out that independence that's crazy yeah yeah but you're in, in your uh, here's, here's the other part of it in your own home too right like yeah. you're, you're not gonna tell me what to do in my own home where to go how to live like get the fuck out of here this is this is my shit yeah i wonder though like some I people think, might think it's just a security thing. Like, yeah, I'll wear a button. Dude, if I need something, I'll just push it. You can bring me groceries. Like, like who, who, does, who does the button call? Uh, I think it, I think it's like a direct line to uh, to uh, EMT or like a paramedics. I think it. I think it calls the nearest like fire department to send a, an EMT unit. Yeah, you'd think that um, if we're talking about this, we should know where it goes. Well, but I don't. Like, do you have one? I don't have one. I would, no, I don't, I don't have one. I'm just saying, like, if you talk about shit, shouldn't you have information about the thing? Not us. Not, not, not about here. a thing we don't know. Not now. I mean, do I know not anything about options? Podcast. No, I just I just spent two hours learning and then gave you a 10 minute explanation. And all of a sudden, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pro. When you were doing that options, the options, your options lesson, were you actually even able to focus on that shit for two hours? I got to be you? honest. There was like moments nope. of like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like serious, like minutes, minutes where I was like, Oh, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, mean, let me, let me, let me, let me see if Josh is ready for the podcast yet. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there was yeah. moments where I completely checked out. Yeah. Let um, me look at Instagram real quick while he's talking. Yep. To no, to no fault of my boy, but it, it, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a thick, dense topic for, for people like, like me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, um, let's talk about what's been going on in your life. You had COVID. Um, I had COVID. I mean, it's, was that last year or this year? No, no. It was the beginning of this year. Beginning I had COVID. This year. Okay. So you came uh, around and nobody else in the household got it though, right? No, no. I think I got it on the airplane. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. I you got know, it on know, the airplane. You know what else happened, Josh? Something what happened? big that we need to talk about. What? The dog. Oh, do we not talk about the dog? I don't think we did. We, there's a big update <sighs> with the dog. It is. It is. Uh, when no did the dog? The household, right? Okay, let's 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 get us up to speed here. And I think the dog is the first thing to talk about. I had a dog, and that the dog is gone. We gave the dog away. The reason that we gave the dog away is because he bit Carmelo's face. It's pretty simple, right? Like, uh, he had bit him once, and it was kind of like a nip, and we're like, okay, whatever, fine. If it happens again, we got to get rid of him. Yeah. It didn't happen and like, didn't happen. And it was like, oh, maybe it's all right. And everybody's happy and Selena's happy and Maceo's happy. And But also because you realize that you weren't really dog people. I mean, you, meant, you, you mentioned this to me in a side conversation. Yeah. Well, he, well the listen. The ownership though. of this animal made you realize that you guys just aren't dog people. And that's, he, and that's okay. It's just yep. a, it's, it's a, it's a shitty lesson to learn because I think the kids really attached to it right well one of them was and my and selena like my, to be fair my wife was very attached and is like still asking to get a dog but you know he like he bit him like he, his jaws closed around his like eyebrow and his cheek like he could have hit his eye he could have taken his eye out right yeah yes it was like a good nature it was like a reflex he didn't he wasn't on the attack but i just can't have like a fucking that's like a loaded gun in the house right i can't i can't have that so we got very lucky um, there's a woman, an older woman, single woman who lives down the street, five blocks away who <laughs> oh, wanted, yeah. So you still see it. You still see it in the neighborhood. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Selena saw it at the park and he didn't recognize her, but then he smelled her and went nuts. It's like, Oh my God, I'm like, I'm trying to come home with her. Yeah. Um, that's rough. But, but one thing that I did like, yeah, so we're probably not, we're not going to have a dog, but what I did, what has changed is that like, I like other people's dogs a lot more than I ever did. Like, 
he used to be like somebody would come and have their dog and they they act like their dog was a child. And I'm like, oh, you're fucking idiot. It's not a child. It's an animal. Um, I care more. I, I, I relate more to, to your animal than I, than I might have before I had the dog. Cause I recognize that like, Oh, it actually has a personality and it's like a, it could be part of your family and it doesn't suck as long as it's not in my house. Right. Um, yeah. So like, I like, I like dogs a lot more than I ever did. Anyway. So that's what happened with the dog. Uh, He's gone. They want to get a new one. They're talking about uh, getting another dog. The, my, the other half of the, the pro dog part of the family. That's my wife and older child. And the, <laughs> the, the this side, the, the anti-dog yeah. side of the family. We're like, yeah. Carmelo says he gets a dog Let me ask, let me ask you this real quick. Is Carmelo now a little worried about being around dogs? No. This, yeah, no, no. He's – he um. He likes dogs. He even said he he wanted another one. Um, he goes, I'll, I'll take another one as long as it's nice and cool. And I'm like, dude, me too. And as long as it doesn't poo. Like, those are my three. It's got to be nice. It's got to be cool. Yeah. And it can't poo. So you want like a stuffed animal? Yeah. Dog. Yeah, but it has to move around. So like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, a, like a, an animated robot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like the boss, like you know, Boston Robotics makes those crazy looking robot dogs. One yeah, of those. totally. There's only like One five of, of them, right? And uh-huh. uh, um, anyway, I also had COVID. That was amazing. Thank you for asking. I, I uh, yeah, you I spent like it. two weeks in in the uh, in the spare bedroom. Yeah, so we have a room in the back of the house, which is our office. Uh, I had a, I felt pretty shitty for like three days, like a fever, and I didn't really get out of bed for three days. It sucked. But it was really just like a flu, right? But I quarantined for 10 because it was before the CDC reduced the quarantine time to five days. And my wife was terrified. So she basically kept like really wouldn't let me out for 10 days. Like I came out to pee, well, to go to the bathroom. And that was kind of it. Yeah, Uh, no, that's good. I'm surprised she didn't like lock you up. Uh, in a shed in your backyard she wouldn't even let me like make my own food like i would have to it was i would have to text her that a i was going to come out to to get something to drink or whatever and uh-huh. she would she would not let me and she would leave something at the front of the door it's, and then, it sounds like you were on vacation by yourself <laughs> yeah it, yeah in in a fucking room yeah watching netflix and just then binging I, on everything and do yeah i watched every single season of vikings which you know we have to talk about even though you haven't watched it you're gonna binge yeah. on anything you, you got <laughs> i binge on like, the vikings i watched hannah uh yeah it was and but you know what was crazy is that like are you fucking go so stir crazy and then like i started to to like like i could hear them having a life my family having a life out here without me you were feeling left out, and I felt so left out. Like I hear them <laughs> laughing and playing, and were they, were they were they talking behind you? To, behind yeah, you? dude. And then I'm like facetiming with my children from from another room. Yeah. Like I'd be like, "Hey, miss you, got miss you, buddy." Like I'm on vacation, yeah. but it worked, right? Like nobody else got sick. Nobody else got sick. sick. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, nobody got sick. Um, and now, like, I'm pretty. I got those. I got those extra antibodies. So I'm like got all my vaccinations plus my booster plus these extra antibodies and I feel pretty good. I feel like less scared of it all than I ever did, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like we so I haven't had it yet. Nobody in the family has. 
but I feel like every little cold that comes into the house now, I feel yeah. like I need to check to see if that's what it is. Do you guys have a bunch of uh, home kits? Yeah, we got a ton because uh, the school often sends them home with Same, a bunch yeah. of kits uh, whenever there's a big break, right? Yeah. So we have a few spare ones we can always use. Yeah, um, yeah. Or like Lee caught something. My son caught something like um, a couple of weeks ago and we were sort of concerned and tested him and he was fine. But then like I was starting to feel it. So, you know, you kind of get in that zone and when you haven't had it, like, oh, is it my turn? I kind of feel like, okay, it's coming back around. Now it's, you know, now it's, now it's our turn and we're just waiting oh, yeah. for it to come around. Yeah. You know, like I got like, you know, canned soups in the cupboards. Like I'm, re- <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready to do the, the Cambler, right? Like I you just got all that toilet in a paper. room. You need to get some toilet paper, stack up that That's toilet paper. Dude. Very important. Yeah. 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 You don't want to end up using cloth napkins. Mm, I mean, I do. That's what I would like. More sustainable. Do- yeah, during that first round, everybody was going toilet paper crazy. I was like, "What's the big deal? Like, I'll just use a t-shirt. Like, I, you, I just got, use, you like, use your hand and take a shower. Like, why? Yeah, what, yeah. Or go outside and use the, the hose. Like, like sure. yeah, yeah. No big deal. That is about the shape of everything. I did want to talk. I don't know if we ever talked about it, but we should talk about Passover because it's, in my opinion, the worst holiday of all the holidays. It's like Thanksgiving's doppelganger. It's like Thanksgiving even twin. It's like, it's like. So you guys, so every year you guys have some sort of a big event. At some every time. year we go to my wife, my mother-in-law's house, uh-huh. who is, um, she was born in a relocated person's camp. So uh, Jewish traditions and Jewish connection really matter to her. But it's a fucking, you know, like it's interminable. You have to read this book. That I got no connection to, and wait, I shout. So who who reads the book? Do you guys take turns? You have a dedicated person. Well, Does the host do it? Because like again, like, you go around I, the I, I'm I'm coming from not understanding. Like, wait, you most did Passover, right? <clears throat> no, we no we. I mean, we we know about it. I t- like I, I tell Lee about it, um, but we don't. Well, you did it with your family when you were younger. No, not really. I mean, really? We'd, go to my, we'd go to my uncle's house once in a while. He's the one who 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 um, used to live in Israel and still has an ex-wife there and his kids. Um, so he's closely related to more of that religious side of, of, of yeah. being Jewish. And so like when we go to his house, yeah, he knew what to read and you know how to set it all up. But like, did I take anything away from it? Not really. No, nah, no. Nah. But I mean, you, when you were younger, you, you, you went to Passover every year at his house, right? Did, was that like a yearly? It thing? wasn't. No, it was. It wasn't every year. It was. It was whenever Whoa. he felt like having having uh, folks over. Oh, because we because we never did. Like our family didn't really do that kind of dinner because we didn't really know what to do. So it was like either you're coming over, or we're just gonna have a regular dinner, or you can have a traditional one at your place, like always. You know. Yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't do it in my house, but like my parents had a friend who was a rabbi, and he was a hippie rabbi because they were hippies. Um, so he would he would do a Passover service as an alter ego who was called Shlomo the Clown, and mm. he knew the whole fucking thing in a clown costume. So Shlomo was the name of my old um, martial arts instructor. Oh, well, there you go. He was also an uh, ex-Israeli uh, military clown. dude. Clown. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this dude would like do, like when I was like 10, 11, would do uh, a clown Passover service, and, all, and we'd all get drunk on, like heavily drunk on wine, like 15 glasses of wine to get drunk on that stuff. By the way, can we talk about how ridiculously scary clowns are? 
and just mixing that into a Passover dinner automatically to me screams uh, just terrifying, terrifying oh, experience. Oh, I didn't know that, but now I know what to do next time I see you. You know, so you're a fan of clowns, is what you're saying? I mean, I there's, like the, there's sad characters, right? I, I guess I don't, I don't feel any kind of way about a clown. I don't, I mean, yes, like in a horror movie, the clown, the, the, the clown that kills you is scary, but that's just because of the, the juxtaposition. You've got like clowns are supposed to be funny and jokey and it's supposed they're to be not, entertaining. Though. They're not, No, they're not. The thing, like, I don't, I, I, they're, they're sad and depressing and, and they're, 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 no, no, all of that. No, no, that you've seen sadness. clowns. You've, you saw clowns that were not scary. I know you have. Like when you were a kid, you went to a birthday party and I, somebody had a clown who like juggled and made animal balloons. Yeah, and, and I think it's creepy as fuck. I've also, now been, you do. I've also been to a Russian circus where they have clowns that are sad as fuck too. So maybe that's the experience that I'm pulling from. Well, I mean, I think the sad clown is like a trope. Like there's a kind of clown that is a sad one, but like- but it's, the, it's the duality of a clown, right? Like they're, well, that's ma they're right. masking their sadness with, with this- this persona. I mean, that's the whole thing. Well, isn't that what comedy is supposed to do? No, that's what makes good comedy. I'm not, I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. Are you saying oh. we're doing this because we're depressed, sad people? Yeah, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> deep inside, right, so, we're just sad so look, little boys. All right. The, the Passover, like, so we go every year and it's interminable. And I, and there are little kids who my little kids in particular I don't care about anybody else my little kids who have to like got to eat otherwise they go nuts and the way that Passover works is you don't get to eat you have to suffer for your food because yeah. the Jews back in the day suffered for their food which I don't really get like why do I have to suffer because they suffer that doesn't make any sense to me yeah I mean so, it, it seems like a, a, a lot of the holidays. Are based around suffering, oh my God. remembering the suffering, and rem remembering Dude. the survival, celebrating the survival. And Dude, it, it's like, hey, yes. let's we like we they didn't kill us. Uh, let's celebrate. Let's eat. So Selena and I were actually had this conversation last night about like my problem with Judaism in general, which is that that one of those exact things is just like there is no Jewish holiday that I know of, and granted, I don't know about all of them, that isn't about like. People are trying to kill us or enslave us or subjugate yeah. us. I would and say we, and we right, survive. the majority of it. Because there's, there's someone between that, like, I, I actually, I'm just learning now through from random uh, people that, like, there's one where, like, you're supposed to plant a tree and it's all about, you know, Mother Earth and, and, and protecting your Earth and stuff. Like, I don't totally. which one that's called. And there's there's a bunch of other things that you do, like, on the side as, like, a regular, like, Jewish person that, like, you know, you, 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 you teach your kids to, like, uh you know things uh, like about charity and giving back to your community so like that's kind of ingrained in the culture like we just learned about like what a what a sadaka box is right it's sure, yeah. like a community box i like i had no idea about this until we like for money you put money in it that you should then give to yeah them. you save yeah, yeah. you save your money and it's like a piggy bank for the family and like every household should have one and then like you know you pick a day or a time like like on, like shabbat or something and you know you use that money for for the community or you buy somebody a meal a homeless person or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. Like a major a majority of the celebration, it seems like to me is, is like they didn't fucking murder us. Let's eat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They they didn't they didn't kill. It's all just so serious, right? Like there's no all. I don't know. This is this is gonna. I'm gonna get hate from the Jews probably, but like th it doesn't seem to be like there's any joy there. The joy stems from the fact that yeah, we made it, we survived. Versus like let's just be lighthearted and play. 
and that could be my 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 point of view on this could be just because I haven't suffered as a Jew ever, right? Um, but so you read like every you read for like two hours about how uh, the Jews were enslaved in Egypt and. Uh, then God chose them to survive and kill and visited yeah. various terrible things on the Egyptians. But then, right? but I, I think that that's in combination with more modern events as well. It's it's the aspect of like never forgetting and keeping the culture alive. So you're like you're retelling those stories. So like sure, your yeah, offspring they, understands yep. why this happened and why you know we're proud to be who we are. So so they they, they never forget. And I think some of it is com compounded on like. Um, obviously like the Holocaust and like a lot, a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call them? Like, uh, traditional sort of like beliefs stem out of those things. Like for instance, like, uh, the idea that the Jews can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery. If you, if you're, if you have tattooed skin, right? Like that's, that, that yeah. that's not, that's not like biblical or from the Torah that I think that shit's like, that's it's literally right out of the Holocaust. And because, yeah, yeah, you would yeah. get your number tattooed on it in those camps. And like what they do now from what I've been told is like, they just remove those layers of skin from you before they bury you. If you really want to be buried in like a traditional oh, Jewish wow. cemetery. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Or, or, um, or, uh, the, this one, uh, that my father like ingrained into my head, which is like, uh, when you come home, uh, where do you put your keys? I hang them on a hook. You hang them on a hook. Okay, good. Cause you're never supposed to leave them on a table or on a, on a flat surface. Which, logically speaking, anything flat can be a table, right? So a countertop yeah. can be a, a table. And, it, and it, again, it goes back to World War II and the Holocaust when uh, different countries were being invaded by, by the Germans. They would ask the Jews to place all their valuables and their keys on the table when they were, oh. when they were detaining them and taking them to the camps. Like, oh, I again, I don't, I don't think he goes anywhere like further back than that. Well, so I didn't... I I hang my keys on a hook because Selena put a hook up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> there's that. But she's the she's the more Jewy one in the family. Um, she so may, she may know something different. I don't know. That's the way it was explained to me. She, she knows more about this stuff than I do. But so we you go to this thing and then and then you eat this food and the food is never good. Yeah, uh, it's just. I, I remember good. we had a convo on the noodle Google <sighs> one one time, and you were talking mad shit on the noodle. Well, this Google, is what I want to talk like you, about. You had experienced your own, or you guys made your own well, noodle so Google. We made a noodle Google, uh, which is part of the problem with a noodle Google all by itself is that like it's leavened. You're not supposed to have leaven, right? Leaven right. means that's, like stuff that rose, right? Because yeah, that's, what, that's matzah, what matzah is. There's nothing in you it. Eat matzah, right? And yeah. and that is like symbolic of this thing that the Jews were escaping, and so they had to cook bread in this in the hot sand. Yeah, yeah. and back it wouldn't crackers, rise, right? That's that's what you back guys call crackers. It? <laughs> 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 yep, you had to make back crackers. So oh, we're start, we're starting to use that in my house now too. Love it. So technically, you're not even supposed to have noodles, but noodle kugel is a thing. Typically, it's like cream cheese and fucking raisins. It's pretty gross. It's like sugary. Yeah, um, raisins and, and noodles, like it's just not a good never, at the beginning. Never, never. It's either that or like a matzah. You, you make a matzah kugel, which ends up being like a kind of like pseudo bread pudding, which is mm -hmm. not delicious. We I mean, made, you, might, you might as well just not eat. Like, what the right, point? Right. So we made a kugel and cheese, which is basically it's basically a mac and cheese with egg noodles, which is what the kind of noodles you're supposed to use for your noodle kugel. Uh, and it's like, and it's like full. It's got like four cups of cheese in it, 
Yeah. Do you think it's still a noodle kugel or you can you just name it something else and call it your own? We called it a kugel and cheese, bro. Kugel and cheese. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's delicious. And I'm like, if we can continue, and even like, I think that's my, like the only way, I, would, I talk about this a lot too, like Selena really wants us to get more into like understanding the Jewish culture and Jewish community. And I think that's fair. Like I, I would love to find a way in. I just can't find anything I'm interested in about it. I just, I just um, watch a shit ton of Curb Your Own and uh, Your Enthusiasm. And that pretty, that pretty much reminds me of why I am who I am and what the culture <laughs> actually means to me. Not, Everything nothing. else, it's like, it's totally unimportant. Dude, it's just for me. It's the food. If if I can find a way in through the food, then I'm totally into it. Like I like that. I like community. I like hanging and eating with people. Yeah, I like delicious talking food. Shop. Talking shop. We did that last weekend. So so I just want to just to finish this up. We made this kugel and cheese stuff, and then I realized that like you can actually make delicious stuff and replace the not delicious stuff. I don't even know why they don't because like, for example, I mean, you, you, well, you, you kind of have to, you have to adjust the traditional stuff, right? Because yeah. otherwise it's just, it's just shit. By yeah, the way, what like, else, what else do you eat when you go to your, uh, this is your, uh, your mother-in-law's house that you go mm -hmm. to. Yeah. What, what else do you guys eat at dinner? Like what's the main course? Do you do the traditional it's, fish? It's typically like a, like a chicken. Like they do like a roast chicken, which is okay. fine. Totally fine. Um, they don't, you know, I think you don't, I don't know. I think you do matzo ball soup only on Hanukkah. I don't, I don't know why that is. Dude, you can, uh, you can have matzo ball soup any day. Come on. Yeah. I know you like matzo ball soup. I think that's just like <laughs> bland broth with a bland ball of dough. Who I don't understand. Like balls I don't know who soup. likes matzo ball soup. <laughs> do, I mean, if they're, if they've got some flavor on them, I'll, I'll put them in my mouth. We should have but tried this the one, soup at, at Saul's just to just to get a to check on that. We should have actually tried really the soup good. At that's Saul's. a good gauge on whether or not the rest of your fruit is yeah. going to be good. Because yeah, I got to yeah. be honest, like I don't want to talk shit, but Weiss Sons, you know the the McDonald's of Jewish delis now. Uh, their <laughs> their quality of their their soup and their sandwiches has gone down in the last two. Really? Years. Yeah. I think they need to go back to their roots. I think what happened was they did that documentary where they were involved in that documentary about the deli man, which is the yeah. origins of the American deli. And Love it. your head's got a little big and they expanded. And I'm telling you, they need to go back to their roots and adjust, but put a little fucking salt in there at least. Cause it's a little bland. You need some salt. By the way, do you like, do you like like liver pate? Do you like chicken liver? Like a good pate? You no, know, I never did as a kid, but like as an adult, yeah, I love it. That is, yeah, that's the only, like, maybe the only Liver thing. Liver and onions, that, like, too. Liver and onions. Like, I could, I oh, can do that now. I, oh, you, that just made my mouth water. I'm just like <laughs> drooling right now. I'm not joking. My mouth is flooded with saliva. I thought, I thought you were actually like, so your, your breakfast was coming up. That's the sound you make. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that sound is delicious. Uh, yeah. So, like, on Hanukkah, for example, you make a brisket. And typically the brisket that gets made is like this like hard gray meat, flavorless fucking gray meat. We hosted it last year and I made a, uh, a French onion brisket. So it was like a brisket, but it had like caramelized onions and I got yeah, the super I, fatty I love kind. That. But let me, and let it was me ask delicious. you, isn't, isn't the point of that food a little bit going back to the suffering? Like it, it, the food is, is, just bland enough <laughs> totally. to where like you suffer through it, right? And that's I, part I of the tradition of, of remembering what it was like and what this holiday is all about, right? Well, let me ask you this question then: like, what do I get if I have to suffer? Why should? Why do I need to suffer because my ancestor suffers? 
ancestral stuff. Like, what is that? What do, so you what remember it forever. When you and, wake up in the morning, right? <clears throat> you oh put God. one foot down, you put the next one down and you stretch your arms up really high and you're like, it's the best sleep you've ever had. Like it's one of those mornings, right? And the first okay. thing that comes to mind is, fuck, I got to go to Passover. No. <laughs> I'm, I, need, I need to suffer. Why? Yeah. That is ingrained in me. Yeah, no, it doesn't work for me. I can't yeah. figure it out. I can't. Well, again, like, like it, that's that's exactly where I draw the line. Like, I feel like okay, so you should know your history, right? Like, it's important to know your history so it doesn't repeat. And since I'm actually a Jew, I should know my history, and I should teach my kids that so we don't forget. Do I actually need to like eat shitty food and suffer in order to remember? Is the suffering going to make me remember more than just the discussion? Like, what if we were eating super delicious food while we were talking about it? It's part of the experience. Like, it's gotta, it's gotta be. <sighs> a, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a game show. Like, you got every aspect of it has to be there. Otherwise, you're not, you're not gonna win. Like, you need to experience it. <sighs> God. All right. So that's that's my Passover thing. We can we can move on now to guns. I mean, it's it's we're, it's a it's a thin connection, but you know. Well, let, 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 here's what happened is, uh, so everybody knows I was raised by hippies and pacifists and I have married, married to somebody who's an anti-gun activist and you have a gun. Yes. And I think, I, yes. Right. Uh, and I was like, Hey, out of the blue, apparently I was like, Hey, take me shooting. And you basically lost your shit. You're like, what? I was surprised. I, I I forgot who I was talking to. Yeah, I was taken by surprise. I was I was actually um uh, I, and the you know when you explained it to me what you, what your your basic reasons for it was I was like that makes sense. I mean that's one of the reasons why like I kind of got into it is you wanna uh, you wanna experience those things even if it's just once, right? Um, well, that's the thing that I actually wanted to ask you about, like why you what like when you when you went out and got hat got your first gun, your first firearm what was that impulse? Was that just like some dumb kid impulse or was it like a thoughtful one? Yeah, it was, it was mostly because it was, it was, it's a, it was a cool experience. And I had a friend who, um, who moved to Colorado and everybody in Colorado has something or rather. Right. And so he kind of got into it and, and, you know, we kept in touch for a while. And then I remember visiting him and he took me out shooting a couple of times and, you know, gave me all the uh, the positives of of ownership and, and shooting and going to the range and all this stuff. <clears throat> and I eventually just just purchased it, um, and I started going to the range as well. And the experience of shooting it was interesting, learning about you know the engineering of it and how it all works and stuff. Uh, what was interesting about shooting it? Um, I mean, the marksmanship is interesting. You know, having the control over it. it's like you. I guess you could say you could do that with the bow and arrow and be the same experience, but it really isn't. Um, and I, it's just, it was just cool. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like it, it's fun to shoot. Um, and, and that's, that's really, that was my only interest. Right. But like you and I both agree on, on the same, um, anti-gun laws and, 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 um, we have the same type of views and, you know, over the years, like as my life changed and evolved and I had a kid and stuff, like I, I, I see the importance of, you know, having stricter regulations and, yeah. and not even having them in the household. Like, you know, at this point, like now considering like whether or not I ever even need to have this handgun in the house because it's not for self-defense. I think have, owning weapons for self-defense as a civilian is, is, 
is ridiculously stupid and there's statistics that uh, go along with that right like most yeah yeah most accidents in the household come from from homeowners who you know forget to lock lock it up and like you can so, be as uh, yeah. thorough as possible but like you know those accidents happen like you're, you're i think there's more likely easy, to hurt yourself than there's than an easy way to truth. say it which is that like if you have somebody's more likely to get hurt if there's a weapon in the vicinity than if there isn't a weapon in the vicinity right like it's I don't know how much more, but it's possible. Now, if there's a gun yeah. anywhere, it's possible it, it gets used. It's an interesting topic because, like, it's not. Um, and I was listening to to Michael Moore talk about this too. In in America, it's it's more of a cultural thing than a um, like a legislative thing because when you talk about like gun ownership in 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 a places like Canada, right? Um, there's more guns per capita in Canada than there is in the United States because it's a huge hunting culture, but they also like don't lock their doors. And, you know, like he even tested that theory out in one of his movies, right. Where he walked into random person's home um, because it was unlocked and people just don't, they don't fear you as much. There's a person in your house. You're like, Hey, how's it going? What can I help you with? Like, you don't question it. You don't fear it. Like you don't lock your door for that reason. What? And it can just show up in your house. I mean, you can because, like, that's the mentality. You don't fear one another, right? Like, you don't fear your neighbor, yeah. people who are different who than you. Um, but the other thing that he mentioned that I thought was really interesting that's changed dramatically over the, the last few years is not, the last decade is that the NRA doesn't have as much power as it once did. So it, it isn't even an issue, you know, within that community. Um, it's a lot of it is is money. Um, it's the industry, it's the, the gun manufacturing industries that, that control it all. Um, but it's totally culture. It's ingrained in the American culture, right? And, and that's the hardest part to yeah, change. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Because everybody's afraid yeah. of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what I can say. Like, So uh, it took our date at the gun range. Um, but I was psyched. I was like, and I was like, was kind of ridiculous. Like, unproportionately nervous because I have never even held a gun until that day. Yeah. And it can be a really intimidating experience because first of all, like it's loud as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I took you to an outdoor range because I, I actually despise indoor ranges a lot because it's, it's much louder. Um, it's a much smaller space. There's often people like in the waiting area behind glass that are sort of like watching you at the, you know, at the, at the, at the front of the line. Um, and also, like the gunpowder smell is is lingering in the air, so it's just all around like it's just not a good experience, let alone a first experience. Yeah. Um, so when we first like we we first met up in the parking lot and we started walking up to it, you can you know there's people already. Uh, I think there was already a class going on before the the public portion of the range opened, so there was already sounds of gunfire. Right? Yeah. Like even in the parking yeah. lot, and I'm yeah, curious, and that, like, like, what, what was your like initial reaction to that? Because yeah. you've never been around that ever. No. No, it was, it was, it was super, well, and like, and you weren't, I got there a little bit early and so you weren't there yet. So I didn't have like, I didn't have my boy. So I like, so I like pulled up and, uh, and it's like in the middle of nowhere, like way out East Richmond, right before you get to like Martinez or some shit. Yeah. Um, and like out past like the landfill and, uh, I get in the car and there's like, like gun, pretty consistent gunfire, like nonstop gunfire, not like machine gunfire, but like pop, 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 pop. 
and I could feel like my heart rate elevate and my stress level rise like instantly. I was like, fuck, this is crazy. Cause I also like at that point I couldn't see, I didn't, I wasn't in view of the range. Right. So it's hard to know where it is uh, at first. Yeah. You know, so and the acoustic, like, the acoustics of it travel so far that like the oh closer you get to it, the more you feel it in your chest. And so yeah. like, the whole different yeah. experience, right? Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, like it's, it was when you got close, it was really fucking loud. Like I could feel it vibrating your whole body. Yeah. Like it's and, like and an so explosion like most in your people body. Are, are, are because of how loud it is and, and, and that sort of audible fear factor, like most people are really, um, their initial reaction is this fear, I guess I can say, like because it's like so powerful, right? Did you did you feel that a little bit, like as we were getting settled and? I did, uh, yeah, I did. And as we got closer, like as we walked in to get registered, you know, uh, you can see there's people lined up at the at the, I don't know what that's called, lined up at the bar or whatever it is, shooting, mm-hmm. uh, and you can hear it, and you can see like puffs of dust shooting up from the bullets, and you pa pa pa. Um, and yeah, like I, I was like a little bit nervous. I was like, where do I stand? So I don't get, and I had like some moments of two of like, uh, what if, what if like somebody just ha- randomly walks in front, like forgets their place, you know, yeah. like all, all of the things. Um, yeah. but then, you, you know, I got the, the head, the, the ear protection on. And even with that stuff, dude, it's still really fucking loud. Yes. Like, yeah. And I let, I let Josh borrow the good. Uh, yeah, mind. I got to have like, the good I stuff. To, I had to wear the, the the ones that just sort of like shove into your ear, like the kind you wear when you you know when your your spouse is is uh, snoring and you can't go to bed. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I had to shove that into my ears to the point where they were starting to bleed in order to uh, muffle <laughs> some of the sound. I was going to ask, like, how I wanted, were your I ears wanted, afterwards? Yeah, they were they were a little plugged up after, just because I generally don't wear those. Those are good for like when you're further outside and it's a much bigger place. But yeah. I, you know, for your first time, I wanted to make sure that you were as comfortable as possible. Uh, I feel that feel I feel really yeah, supported. It yeah, feels I like have, a warm hug. Yeah, I, you know, I, I gotta yeah. take I gotta take care of my peeps. I feel like you really care. It's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we so we get our stuff and we we get our targets and, and we go up to the lanes and and I think this is where where Josh, you kind of learned that like at most places, especially at this place, it's not just like nilly willy, you walk up, you shoot a few rounds, you do whatever you want, right? Like it's fairly organized, right? Because you're doing something that's incredibly dangerous and like you you have to be with someone who knows what they're doing, first of all. Um, I think if this was your first time and you walked up, like they don't oh, yeah. rent firearms there and they probably wouldn't let you bring your own in unless you knew what you were doing. So you found out that like, all of the range uh, masters there uh, that walk around and there's like, there's about three. And so there's constantly someone in your lane or next to you, depending on like what section you're in. There's like the 25 yard, there's a 15. I think there's even a longer one for like rifles. There's always someone walking around, keeping an eye on like on everybody. Right. And there's always someone shouting. And I, and I think I told, <laughs> told this to Josh, like, I was like, look, they, um, the rangers here, like, are, are, they're going to shout at you because they're, they're, they want they 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 like a tight ship, you know, and they they want to make sure like nothing bad happens. There's no accidents, so like they'll embarrass the shit out of you and they'll fucking yell at you for like the smallest things to remind you that like you're doing something wrong. And I got and shouted be a, twice, right? Because Josh stepped in front. <laughs> I mean, we were it was ceasefire and we were changing targets, but he was still in front of the lane where he wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. So I think yeah, like my yeah. point is like you quickly found out that like most places have their shit together like sure you can be like out 
I don't know, in, in Colorado, somewhere like in the middle of nowhere, and it's a little looser, and it's probably not as regulated. But like most places will make this experience as safe as possible. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that I felt like I felt like everybody, for the most part, was 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 conscious of the fact that these things could kill them at any moment. And I felt like the place was set up to make it as safe as is possible, given that you're you're playing with things that are meant to kill. Right. Um, but the weirdest part, like the weird part for me was like the population wasn't what I expected. Like there was a bunch of women and girls, which was like, not what I expected. There was like diversity of, of colors, which was not what I expected. Um, that was cool. But the weirdest yeah. part was this was the, there was a dad with like a 10 year old daughter. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe what, even younger. Yeah. I mean, what's funny about that is like, for me, you know, a uh, well-to-do white dude in the Bay Area, for hippies in the Bay Area, right? Uh, I can't even imagine you'd have you give a child, a, a 10-year-old, a gun. But I was talking to my next-door neighbor who's from, from, like, Kansas, grew up hunting and shit. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even – he was like, yeah, yeah. Every kid gets a gun when they're when – they, every kid yeah. gets their first gun. But, but, but again, like, you're, you have preconceived notions of what that is, right? Like, to you, like, it's like totally. somebody in their backyard handing somebody a, a, a rifle and saying, here, sweetie, you know, let's shoot some cans. Like, yeah. that's, that's your idea of how that, that happens. Um, my, my question to you is, um, now that you've experienced it, there's, there's no – like, you would never purchase one. You would never be a gun owner. There's no reason for you to be – an owner of a firearm. There's no, I don't think there's much reason for anybody to own a firearm, frankly. I, and I, I uh, agree with you 100%. Like there's but, no reason for me to even have one. But like, you know, at the end of the day, it was pretty fucking fun and you feel a lot of power. And, uh, I had like a brief moment of like, Oh yeah, it might be cool to have one of these. Of course I'll never do it. Right. But I thought, Oh yeah, this thing is fun. It's like fun to go out there and like, shoot at targets and stuff. That's the other thing that I noticed. It's like, it's really hard to, to hit anything. It's yeah, it nearly takes, it takes skill and practice like anything it's else. Sure. nearly impossible to hit anything. Um, well, when you're blind yeah, no, as I'll fuck never, like I'll you never. too. Dude, I have my glasses on, sucker. <laughs> I'll, I'll never buy one. No, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never have own a gun here. There's no reason for it, right? Like if yeah. I somehow decided that I wanted to be a hunter, that's one thing. Um, and am I interested in like l- killing my own food? Totally. Do I have the yeah. stomach for it? Uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I, and here in, so it really just comes down to like, you know, um, what are those measures to make it safer for folks? Like, or is there a, such a thing as like having it be that safe within the civilian sector, right? Where you can Stop use it. Now, yeah. Um, because again, like, going back to like our experience, you know, we met in the parking lot, we walked into this to the front office to get registered, to buy lane, to get some targets. And I mentioned this to you after the fact, every single time I've done it before, even at this range, and we're not going to, we're not going to say what range this was at, but the different ranges, they ask you to put your firearm on the table, open it up so they can inspect it. And they usually will ask you to uh, load and unload an empty magazine and show, show them that you can use a firearm correctly, right? That you're comfortable with it. Yeah, None of that right. happened. None of that happened. I didn't open my case. 
Um, she just asked like what lane we wanted to shoot at and for how long gave us our targets and we were on our way. In fact, she didn't even ask who the owner was of the firearm, um, how much experience we had, like none of that happened. Yeah. How did so you feel I about think, that actually? Yeah. It was a little disturbing to be honest with you, because you, you can see the, how huh. easily it is to slip through those cracks and those holes. Right. Like, and, and this is just, this is already after the fact, this is after someone already owns a weapon and goes to the range to actually shoot it. Right. Like, the buying process, the ammunition purchasing process, like those have gotten a little better, but they're all tiny little baby steps that then get sort of uh, redlined by um, by the manufacturers, right? There's always a loophole. There's always a way to figure out. Like I think a couple of years ago, well, maybe longer than years, like maybe like six years ago, you could purchase ammo in California and have it shipped to your house. Yeah. Maybe it was well, longer than that. Now well, you can't well, do that. Well, let me ask you this. What... So, so she didn't check for your registration. She didn't check to see if you know how to use the thing. Nothing. I understand the problem with not checking to see if you know how to use it because that's fucking dangerous. Like, I would never have been like, oh, yeah, I would never go there by myself because I don't know how to do the thing. I was terrified, right? Uh, but, like, who, does it matter if it's registered or not if you're going to the range? Like, what, what, what's the danger? Well, the, I mean, the, the, the big danger is you're firing an illegal weapon, which is feral, federal time, right? Like, or you may, you may be in possession of something that is not legal, number one, that is not compliant to California, um, that, you know, that you, you could be the wrong kind of person who owns that firearm. Because again, like, there's very little that's done to prevent that as well. Like all the statistics around, you know, folks who've had previous domestic violence and end up shooting their, their spouses, like that could be preventable by just doing proper checks, right? Like, is this person even allowed to like at, at whatever level or at what point of that interaction that happens? Like if it, if like it could have been stopped at this range, right? Oh yeah. 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 That makes sense. So, I think there, there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of holes there's a lot of loopholes that like the industry takes advantage of. For instance, I don't know if you remember that um, the conversation I had with another person who was to the right of us in that lane, and we were talking about um, larger rifles, like an like for instance an AK-47, right? Like yeah, a semi-automatic yeah. sort of like civilian or a rifle or a hunting rifle version of that, right? It's not fully automatic because that's been um, that's been illegal for 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 a while. Um, but there's California compliant and other state like New York compliant things that you have to do to it in order for it to, to be legal in the state of California. And they've made these like changes in, in, in laws, like every three or so years and the manufacturers find a way to find a loophole to make it the same exact weapon. It just has a different mod on it that makes it legal. So it, it ultimately does nothing because the weapon is still being used. It's still being purchased. It's allowed to be purchased. It's within the compliance. It's it's allowed to be resold. Yeah. Like, and it's the same exact rifle, right? You just switch out one part for another to make it legal, right? So all of those legislations that are being done to change the the the, the way like those weapons are handled or purchased, they do nothing. They yeah. do, they're 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 tiny incremental changes until the industry adjusts to it, and that's like the problem that most people aren't aware of. Yeah, that was actually one of the weird things for me is like listening to you talk to other other uh, gun people, um, particularly that one about the AK because it was like it was talking about it as if it were as it like outside of all of the controversy and politics 
and conflict around the thing and purely as like a uh, machine, you know, like some engineering and components and capability. And it was such a strange disconnect for me because I was like, they're talking about a fucking, like at one point he goes, oh, like the AR-15, which is like, the weapon that was used in some school shootings, right? Sure, sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a really good um, sort of example of something similar that you can kind of relate this to. With everything happening in Ukraine right now, right? Like my mind has mostly been on <clears throat> some sort of aid or providing assistance, um, thinking about like the family that I have there, which uh, my, you know, my aunt's brother is there with his two little girls. So like my mind is constantly on, on that thought of it. The victims, the civilians are like being you totally. know, affected by all this. Um, uh, one of uh, Tracy's uh, cousin's husband, who's ex- ex-military, you know, everything he's texting to me on a regular basis um, is completely like devoid of all of that. And he's just thinking about military strategy and he's like just texting it for, 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 for the, the military action that it is um, completely like not even thinking about the sort of the human aspect of it, right? Even the way like he's wording certain things, it's as if he was, he was on the ground there. And this is someone who spent time in Iraq, right? So he's, he's seen the action. He understands what it's about. And so he's coming from a completely different perspective where like his logic is just, it's machinery, it's strategy, it's statistics. And it's like what's happening and, 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 and uh, where this is going to end and, and, and what cost and like, even the terminology and like the nomenclature he's using has nothing to do with the human aspect of it. Yeah. Right? That's, that was the thing that freaked me out. I was like, whoa, this is great. But also like everybody was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another big disconnect. Except for that. There was one dude in the parking lot who I overheard who was like, Oh, everybody's nice. When, when everybody's carrying a gun, that's how it should all be. And I was like, Oh yeah, me and you aren't on me and you aren't on the same side. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I mean, maybe maybe we should just end it on this note. Yeah, man. Uh, um, so you do you think we're sad clowns, huh, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're sad clowns. Yes. Yes, okay. we're sad clowns. This, yeah. This I'm, has been a I'm, good one. Yeah. And uh, episode number one of a whole new season. In the bag. I agree with that, Josh and Mike. Oh, peace. Peace.